0: I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Eerie Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. Imagine a place with ghosts and floating heads, orbs, satanic rituals, and shotgun-wielding rednecks. Imagine a place writhing with the occult. No nightmare or urban legend would be complete without these spectral phenomena. Purple Church is an all-inclusive urban legend.
1: The Purple Church is something I first heard about when I went to college. Because I went to college at Rose State and um, I was to be completely honest with you, we were driving around one night around Halloween and my cousin said, hey, do you know anything about the Purple Church? And I said, no. What, what's the Purple Church? And he said, it's a devil-worshipping church. And I said, really? I didn't know that there was one of those in Oklahoma, uh, so we kind of he kind of showed me the way, and it's at, he said it's at the end of Douglas, so went to Douglas, went all the way down, and to be completely honest with you, I didn't really believe that there was gonna be one down there. And the closer we got to it, I was like, I think there's a double worshiping church down here because um, they just you get down there, and then the uh, the trees just start overgrowing onto the uh, onto the road and everything like that. It looks really creepy, and people start staring at you. I think I don't know. It just maybe it just seemed like that, but I don't know. Anyway, we get down there, and uh, we start uh, while we're going down there. He's telling me stories. He's saying like you know the last time that he went, you know we were heading down there, and um, you know his girlfriend was with us, and and she said you know we got down there and we saw like dead dogs and stuff like that. Maybe they did uh, um, animal uh, sacrifices, things like that, and. So we get down there, we get out of the car, and we start walking down. And he said, oh yeah, and by the way, we, uh, you know, sometimes people get chased away by uh, uh, you know, this guy with a shotgun and his dogs. I said, really? Now that just sounds made up. OK, whatever. So we start walking down this path. And um, the further that we get, I start hearing dogs. And uh, so i was like, you hear those dogs? Yeah, 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 I hear those dogs. Said, OK, so we kept walking, we kept walking. Dog started getting closer. Be completely honest with you, we chickened out. Hightailed it back to the truck because he said that there, you know, there's a shotgun and stuff like that, and seeing a cool devil worshipping church just probably not worth getting shot over.
0: So that's what we're talking about today. All right. Welcome to Iriogu. I'm back with Jay Sheldon. He's here tonight to talk about the Purple Church and Sean Sellers. So what have you been up to, Jay?
2: Well um i'm still working on my own podcast which yes is very different from this one yes it uh, is it's called miscellaneous important stuff and i just have casual conversations with friends of mine about lots of different things
0: yes and we've had a conversation about mental health or mental illness really yes kind of focused on mental illness and um what was the other one the creative process i think I think it was
2: living a creative life. Yes.
0: Living a creative life. That was it. Which
2: was one of my favorites.
0: Yeah. That was really fun. That was like both of those I felt like went by so fast and I was having so much fun. That's when you know it's going well. Yes. That's when you know it's like good, good quality content. Yeah. That's like uh, yesterday or not yesterday, the day before maybe, maybe it was yesterday. I don't know. They're all running together. But I went and saw Margaret and we watched these cat videos on YouTube that were like the highest quality content I've ever seen on YouTube My cats. Yes. Um, the guy's name, his name is June and his wife's name I think is Rachel. And I think the channel is like Rachel and June and, um, they live in Japan and it is like the most beautiful footage of the cats going on walks and like just in these beautiful locations. And it's just like really soothing and calm. And I don't know. It's I'm, not, really...
2: I'm not a cat video guy, but I'm going to look that up.
0: Yeah. You got to look it up. I'm not, I'm not like a cat video person either, but I was like, I we watched several of them. And they were really entertaining, but anyway. So that clip that you guys heard at the beginning of this podcast was from a documentary that was made for for Professor Kayla Black's class, Science versus Pseudoscience, um, at the University of Central Oklahoma, which is my alma mater. And um, the person that made it is Katherine Jones. And Professor Lack was kind enough to let me have permission to use some clips from this documentary in what we're talking about tonight. So. Let's get started.
2: Let's do it. I'm excited.
0: All right. Um, This week's episode is about the place where urban legends and reality intersect. Every once in a while, we're present at the moment when something so awful happens that to make sense of it, we have to create a new narrative. This week, we're discussing the Purple Church of Spencer and the case of Sean Sellers. So to get into this, one of the things that we need to talk about is the satanic panic of the 80s. So do you know much about that? No, it sounds like a band. It does sound like a really fun band that like, a, yeah. or a really smelly band. I don't know. But one I would probably listen Pro- to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially, especially in high school. Um, So the satanic panic was like in the eighties and nineties, it spread around the world by the nineties. It was mainly confined to the U S in the eighties. And, um, there was a really famous trial, the McMartin preschool trial. And, um, it was about this family that owned like a daycare slash preschool type situation. And all these kids came forward with these allegations of childhood sexual abuse that involved satanic rituals. And so it was like a huge scandal. Like it, And then it sort of started like this mass hysteria where this was happening everywhere. And um, there was even a video that I watched uh, preparing for this that... It was uh, actually featured Sean Sellers, and one of the things that the reverend who made the video, of course, like, one of the things that he talked about was how there were 12 million practicing satanic kids, like, 12 million satanists that are children, like, How's teenagers in the United States in 1980, 1980, 1990.
2: Yeah. But does that mean, I mean, you identify as a... a
0: I guess. I'm like, I'm wondering where they get these numbers, because, like... Teenagers aren't taking the census. Yeah, where, where's that poll coming from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really think that he just made that up.
2: And you could like you could say you are a Satanist, but, I mean I could say that right now, but right. I'm I'm not. Yeah. I even know if I thought I did, what does that even mean? Like what am I going to like?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, well, we'll get into a little bit a little bit of that. Um so Satanism, from what I understand, like there's there's a couple different kinds. And the kind that this guy was interested in was LaVeyan Satanism, like Anton LaVey. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, which is like the rejection of religion in favor of like hedonism kind of, which if I'm wrong about that, please feel free to correct me because I'm not an expert on Satanism. (laughs) Like sadly, I'm glad you're not. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this whole satanic panic thing is going on in the eighties and, um, in the midst of this Sean Sellers commits his crime so we're gonna look at a little bit of his background um which I got from the Daily Mirror and Sean Sellers was born May 18th 1969 in Corcoran California um and according to the Daily Mirror his mother was 16 and his father was an alcoholic who divorced his mother when he when Sean was three so um then his mother, his mother Vonda, then married a truck driver, Paul Bellafato, and Sean was often left with relatives while they drove across the country. By sixteen, he had moved some thirty times. He became withdrawn, isolating himself within a world of his own, rather than the, than suffer the repeated pain of leaving friends. If he bedwetted two nights in a row, the uncle forced him to wear a soiled nappy on his head all day. This is obviously a British article. Um, violence was routine. I wish you guys could see the face that Jay just made when I read that. That's pretty, that's pretty awful. Um, which if that, if that's true, that is, that is pretty awful. And the reason I say, if it's true, we'll get into that in a little bit. Cause some of this I think is taken from stuff he said after he was on death row that wasn't said during the trial. But anyway, we'll get, we'll get into that. Um, his mother and stepfather had guns. One uncle would take the boy hunting and tried to teach him to kill by stepping on the animal's head and pulling its legs. Sean was called a wimp for refusing to take part. The jury at his trial never knew of any of this. From the age of seven, Sean began to hear voices in his head. He would experience huge mood swings from euphoria to suicidal depression. He became obsessed with good and evil. By 15, he was practicing Satanism daily. That seems... I don't know. You got a late start. Yeah, late start. Yeah, I was practicing Satanism daily by the time I was nine.
2: But, I mean, if you were, like, say, a Christian, you're That's practicing true. daily by the, yeah. when
0: you're born. Yeah. Probably. That's true. Yeah. That is. Like, so, yeah. He just found his thing. He just found yeah. his thing early. Um, or late, I guess. Yeah. If you want to look at it that way. um He started, he mutilated himself. He would drink his own blood, which he kept in the fridge. He started to take amphetamines to stay awake. Then the dreams started. Dreams in which he would kill his parents. He tried to shun sleep. Because of the monsters it brought, so on March fifth, nineteen eighty-six, Sean Sellers' mother and stepfather, Vonda and Lee Bellafato, were asleep in the bedroom of their Oklahoma City home. In the middle of the night, Sean crept into the room wearing only his underwear to limit blood splatter on his clothing. With a gun, he shot first his stepfather. This woke up his mother, whom he shot directly in the face. After the crime was committed, Sellers did his best to make it look like an intruder had murdered his family. And his stepfather wasn't the first person that he had killed either. Um, It later came to light that he had murdered a Circle K attendant named Robert Paul Bauer, 32, who had refused to sell him beer. And when he committed uh, all these crimes... How long before that, though? Uh, About six months.
2: Oh, it have been six months? Yes.
0: Six months, yeah. And I don't think this came to light until... The actual trial for because he was put on trial for all three murders, I believe. And um, but yeah. And when he committed all these crimes, he was 16. Wow. He is the only person since the death penalty was reinstated in 1976, I believe, that has been executed for a crime committed under the age of 17. Wow. Yeah. So there's some fun Oklahoma history for you.
2: What the the worst thing I did when I was sixteen. Yeah. It was a murder. Yeah. So we're clear.
0: (laughs) Just so we're clear. Just so we're clear, people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh same. No murder here.
2: None that I'm aware of.
0: Right. Yeah. I could have murdered. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Okay, so um he was then put on trial. He claimed that he was a practicing Satanist at the time of the murders, and that a demon had possessed him by the name of Ezurate. And I'm not sure, like, this makes me think of, um, like, every movie ever where someone gets a Ouija board and, like, contacts a demon. Not meaning to contact a demon, but, like, like what is that famous case, like, Zozo the demon? Have you heard of that one? I don't think so. Okay, that's, um, I don't know a lot of the details about that one. I'm going to look it up. You say,
2: not meaning. Like they're always meaning to come or hoping that they're gonna contact a demon.
0: Right. Well well, well I mean Where
2: I do you get a Ouija board for it if you
0: <laughs> Yeah, okay, so let's see. Yeah, Zozo is a Ouija board demon, which I think um this is really kind of all the things that pop up whenever you search for Zozo the demon. <laughs> um he, I'm assuming I'm 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 assuming it's a he, Don't I guess it's misgender this demon. <laughs> I shouldn't. Um it I guess that Zozo, um, is specific to the Ouija board. Really? Yeah. Like, I don't think that Zozo is going to come after you if you're just like. Uh, I think that you have to contact Zozo through the Ouija board. Or
2: she can only be summoned.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so, so there are a lot of like YouTube videos of like, is the Zozo Ouija board demon real? And then it's just like this stupid video of people trying to make it look like there's a Ouija board demon getting them or whatever. But at the same time as I say that, like me and some of my friends were gonna have like a Ouija board night. Like this at the at my age now, <laughs> like friends that I hang out with now. Um, we were all talking about it and we were like, so where are we gonna do it? Where are we gonna do it? And um it kind of it kind of dawned on me that like the place for doing it was kind of settling in my wheelhouse like it was going to be at my house. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, it's probably really arrogant of me to assume that nothing's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> like it's probably Is it? I don't know. I don't know, but am I willing to bet that on like am I willing to bet that like if I contact Aunt Diane, it's not really Zozo? <laughs>
2: Well, listen. You'd have some great show content. I
0: would. Yeah. It would no longer be Irioki. It would be morning's house is haunted. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Every week you're like, well, here's a this new is what happened. Thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Zozo didn't do the dishes again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What a great, great housemate. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a fun show. That would be a fun show. Like that. I saw a blog one time that was. um. I think it was fiction and I think it said on the blog that it was fiction, but I thought it was a really cool idea and it was like someone was like blogging the haunting of a house. And it was a fictional project, so it was like a totally creative endeavor. But it was really fascinating. Like each entry was like it started out like they're just renovating the house and like here are pictures and like and then as it, yeah, I thought it was pretty it was pretty cool. But anyway, so back to Ezraite, the demon. Um so Sean claimed to have read Anton LaVey's The Satanic Bible, quote, hundreds of times during his formative years between like 15, 14, 15, 16, which is when the crimes were committed. In a letter that he sent from prison later, he said, I got very involved in Satanism and truly thought it was an honest way to live. The rituals of it would enable me to control my life. Which I have heard that with Satanism, like that's... um the whole thing about like you being in control of your life is a big part of that. Like, it's like, it's up to you to manifest your own destiny kind of a thing, which I don't think is that unreasonable. Like seems pretty, pretty normal. I can get
2: behind that part of, Satanism. I can
0: can get behind that too. There's a lot of parts of Satanism that make a scary amount of sense.
2: If you look at it, like just uh, another religion. Yeah. Don't, don't most of them have like, especially if you're trying to sell it you go yeah okay yeah I get that
0: um one of my friends I won't identify her in case she doesn't want me to I don't think there would be any reason for her not to but you know whatever um she probably doesn't want to be known for maligning satanists but um the other day we were talking about this <laughs> this episode and she said to me she said when I think of satanists I think of like looking at a person that is way more obsessed with sex then it looks like they should be. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, that's the image I get too. But not to malign Satanists. If you're a Satanist, like I'm not hating on you. I think it's groovy, whatever. What is the saying? Do what you will. And it harm none. I think that's a Satanist thing. That might be a wicked thing. I'm I am not sure. Know. I don't know. I don't know for sure. Um, I feel
2: like most Satanists are in high school and they're rebelling against their parents. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's accurate. Like, that's, there was there was like a satanic this this same friend was telling me that there was like a satanic gathering at like of all places, I think the Civic Center. And
2: do they need a venue that big?
0: I don't know, but apparently, like a lot of people went, and but I think it was mainly like people who were like, "What the hell is this?" Like, like yeah. really, like, like like us, like if we would go to that.
2: Well, that's why I'm also going to be attending flat earth conference
0: yes yes november oh my god isn't it in dallas
2: i think so i haven't bought tickets but i really want to go oh my
0: god how much are the tickets i think they're like two hundred dollars but that's probably for the weekend okay i i am going to the bigfoot festival in october
2: where's that is that in dallas
0: no it's in honubby what which shout out to bryce for teaching me how to say that word honubby honubby it's um it's like down southeastern Oklahoma and they have a festival about it. Wait, Foot. is that by uh Beaver's Bend? Yes. Oh
2: yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Because I then, know it's big down there. It is big down there. Yeah. So I'm going to that. But um yeah, so most Satanists we're assuming are in high school or something like that. At least, you know, At a least, good percentage. Yeah. yeah. Um so his attorneys argued also I like this part too. Um, argued that he was also addicted to the game Dungeons and Dragons. And okay. I mean, sellers that,
2: that fits well with
0: right, yeah. It fits well with the image I have in my head, which don't get mad at me because I play Dungeons and Dragons too, you guys. <laughs> so I can say whatever I want.
2: <laughs> well, like, uh, yeah, some of the imagery that comes with that, you guys, yeah, that fits well with, that.
0: yeah. I mean, I think that I probably look like what most people think a Dungeons and Dragons player looks like, like nerdy and wearing sweatpants most of the time.
2: They all look the same,
0: they all look the same. Okay, do I fit the mold? no no okay
2: (laughs) (laughs) do you want to fit them all no no
0: i'm good i'm like i'm happy with my sweatpants (laughs) um, so sellers later wrote that the game had no part in his crimes and that quote unquote using my past as a common example of the effects of the game is either irrational or fanatical which i find to be a very like reasonable statement for someone that shot their parents down and in their bedroom like it's
2: which is very unreasonable.
0: Right. Oscar's making his weekly appearance on the podcast with his tap dancing. Yeah. Yeah, hey, bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. He's like, Oh, I've had enough. <laughs> you guys are not funny. <laughs> so, um, something kind of interesting about this is that um I already I already kind of talked about this a little bit, but Sean Sellers was one of twenty two people in the United States to be executed for crimes committed under the age of eighteen since the reinstatement of the death penalty in nineteen seventy six. He's the only person to be executed for crimes committed under the age of 17, which like you were saying, I mean, that that was a big thing that came up when they were trying to decide if they were going to like hear his appeals or um, take into consideration anything that he was saying, because a lot of people were outraged that this person who was 16 years old was going to be executed for something that they did at a time when their mind was not completely formed. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. I mean, there's no easy answer, but still, what do you right. doing? I mean? He's still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, also at that time, Oklahoma did not give the option of life without parole. So, one juror was quoted as saying that the idea is that Sellers might be paroled in seven to 14 years was part of their decision to give him the death penalty, but the other jurors denied that. Um, so, I don't know where they stood on that. But um, yeah, it seems like that's something like even though that wasn't an option which i feel like that's a failing of the justice system for that not to have been an option i don't think i don't know i don't know if you should execute someone so for even if it's as heinous as what he did and he killed three people two separate occurrences i don't know if they should have executed him
2: could never make that decision i know
0: yeah i what do you do if you're on a jury and you're just like i cannot make a decision like this well you can
2: not vote right and then you but then there'd be
0: trial i don't know i don't know how that works you have to have a consensus i'm pretty sure Yeah. yeah i think that everybody has to and i don't know if it's the same for sentencing like i don't know if it's like a majority on sentencing or if it's the same as the verdict i don't know that's a good question for you listeners out there if you know the answer to that send me an email um so while he was in prison um he converted to christianity Something that his step siblings doubted heavily, though his step grandfather clung to it like he was just sure that this was genuine. He was so relieved that his step grandson had come to Jesus. Yeah, in prison, which I can. Okay now. Yeah, exactly. I can understand that kind of thinking, but I can also understand his step siblings being like, "Yeah, right. Like, no. you. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Nice try.
0: Exactly. Um." His friends started a website for him while he was in prison. And I believe that um, the website, it would have been sometime in the late 90s. Um, so, like, I'm imagining, like, um, an angel fire site. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? GeoCities. Yeah, GeoCities, like, with, like, flashing, like, uh,
2: little, like. Or what was the other one? Like, I think Homestead? I can't remember. Free websites, all those free websites. Yeah, places. exactly.
0: I had a, I had a GeoCities. I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. The,
2: the counter that shows how many people who visited your site. Yes.
0: And, oh yeah, yeah. Man. I had um, I had some embarrassing website choices when I was a wee child. Are we still
2: around? Can we? Uh,
0: I don't know. I like one of the things that I was obsessed with was Val Kilmer.
2: Oh, aren't we all?
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> probably not so much anymore, but um. And John Etta can, like, vouch for me on this. He was a hottie when he was in his prime. And um I was obsessed with him when I was about 12 years old. And that's when I discovered GeoCities. So, like, my GeoCities was just, just Val like, Kilmer? it was just a shrine to Val Kilmer.
2: <laughs> I went to the, uh I forgot what it's called. Wizard. Wizard.
0: Called? Wizard World. Wizard World. Yeah. In Oklahoma City. hmm
2: And he was there, I think it was two years ago.
0: Was it, like, for Willow? I don't even remember. What was he doing there? Maybe he was just like, he was
2: just going to a bunch of cons. Maybe. He going on tour. Yeah. But he was there and, you know, he's in the the, the, the exhibition hall. Yeah. But everyone else is out in the open. He had like a little tent.
0: Of course he did.
2: Closed off area. If you want to talk to him, you go in there. Of
0: course he did. He's just weird. He is real else weird. at their table, yeah. you couldn't even see him. You couldn't look at him unless you paid. Yeah. His weirdness is what ruined his career. Is it? Yes, because he was so difficult to work with. I never thought of him as that weird though. He seems. Well, I mean,
2: he's an actor. I guess in yeah. the movies, of course, he seems. Yeah, more, more likable. it's pretty but...
0: weird. He's like he's a pretty different guy. Weird how? Like, oh, I'm trying to think of it. Like, this weird. No, 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 no. <laughs> just like, just like there are lots of accounts of him like being really hard to work with and like, um, kind of being a diva on set to the point where directors are like, "I will never work with you again." Sad, because he was great. Yeah, he was. Oh, he was such a great actor. Tombstone. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So um, the prison chaplain also believed thoroughly that um, Sean Sellers had converted. He thought this was for real. Um, And his friends started the website. Yeah, we were talking about the website, GeoCities, all that. Um, And they wanted clemency for him based on his religious conversion, his age at the time of the crime and the Satanism that he was involved in because um, that was believed to, I guess, have warped his thinking um, in some way um, while he was on death row. He seemed to make the most of it. He was on um, Oprah, Geraldo, 48 hours, MSB, NBC, and A&E. Cause all well, he's these on death row. Yes. All these places were doing like specials about Satanism because it was huge. And, I actually saw a quote um, from one of the podcasts that I follow on Instagram today. That was from a producer on the Jerry Springer show, I think. And it said something to the effect of um, if I could execute a criminal on the air, I would like meaning that for the ratings, like they don't really care what they're putting out there as long as it's making people shocked enough to watch.
2: That's still true.
0: Yeah. It's still true. (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh. Um, and he's featured in a documentary about the dangers of Satanism that can be found on YouTube, y'all, if you feel like watching a VHS documentary from 1987, which I did. Um, he married while in prison on Valentine's Day of 1995. Super romantic. So, romantic. so sweet. Good for him. What a guy. But it was annulled in 1997. Oh, poor so, guy. <laughs> yeah. Can't catch a break. Um, <laughs> so the execution. Um He claimed in his 1999 appeal that he had what was then called multiple personality disorder, which is now dissociative identity disorder. And it seemed that there was ample evidence supporting this and the court actually acknowledged it, but said that while Sellers might have been insane at the time of his crimes, the claim was made too late to be raised on an appeal. Human rights watch condemned the decision and wrote to then governor Keating They noted that since nineteen ninety, the only other countries known to have executed juvenile offenders besides the US were Bangladesh, Iran, Iraq, Nigeria, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Sudan, and Yemen. Which that needs a citation. They're not they weren't sure if that was the correct countries, but there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven six or seven. Um, However, psychiatric experts were not impressed with this, saying that he would have been diagnosed much sooner. Like, right after he was arrested and evaluated, they would have been able to tell something as significant as DID. Bad
2: police work, too, though.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Because we have talked about this before, about people being, like, wrongly convicted and all that stuff. People not doing their jobs or not having the right person doing the job. Right. Yeah. So, um, and... Also, this kind of goes against his credibility on it, too, though, is that prison officials said that they saw him rehearsing (laughs) to act like he had this disorder. (laughs) So, um, he would, and he received coaching from his attorneys on how to behave if he had this disorder. Wow. So, um, he made the insanity claim once again, but the board refused to consider it, um, the board was swayed by the prison official statements, the things about, like, hey, we saw him rehearsing this, um, the lengthy, lengthy delay in diagnosis and statements by Sellers' accomplice in the first murder that he had seen no signs of multiple personality disorder. Um, two days before the execution, he filed two more appeals. One accused the state pardon and parole board of violating his civil rights. He argued that their decisions were not impartial but were capricious. It was denied. The second appeal filed with the state... Court of Criminal Appeals claimed that the state appellate court made a mistake by ruling Sellers had waived his insanity claim at trial. The state appellate court admitted that it used the wrong legal justification in deciding his waiver of mental illness, but nevertheless rejected Sellers' appeal. Like, I feel like the courts are just kind of like screw you. Yeah, They're just like not hearing any of this. Um, Even if
2: it's true and he has that condition you it's still what are you supposed to do right I mean he still kill right people. yeah you still, ex- can't still excuse gotta be locked it. up yeah like i'm sensitive to people having certain mental illnesses but you also can't be like well but do what you want <laughs> yeah exactly i mean it's tough cause yeah you want to feel bad in a way if you're actually suffering from something but mm-hmm. you can't just live whatever life you feel like it <laughs> right you can't just hurt everybody like, <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> so, in a News OK article, it states, uh, Sean Sellers' case is an aberration because Sean Sellers is an aberration. He committed multiple murders, the first one out of some sort of curiosity, Oklahoma 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 Attorney General Drew Edmondson said. So, um, the execution brought on a backlash from sources like the European Union, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, the American Bar Association, and Bianca Jagger, which I'm assuming is, like, Mick Jagger's daughter. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Like, I hope she was riled up. Not that I have anything against her, but... um. So, he was ex- executed by lethal injection on February 4th, 1999, two days before my birthday, at the Oklahoma State Penitentiary in McAllister, Oklahoma, at... 12.17 a.m., five minutes after the drugs were administered, his last meal was Chinese egg rolls, sweet and sour shrimp, and batter fried shrimp. Have you ever thought about, like, the concept of a last meal? The concept of it? Like, it gives me anxiety.
2: Why? It's just making me hungry. Really? I mean, you you listed that off, and I thought, that's it? I
0: know. Because <laughs> usually, like, aren't last meals, like, kind of like this weird, like conglomeration of like all these different things that yeah, are your favorite i would think so I, yeah. i'm imagining a feast yeah oh yeah i would couple be like egg rolls yeah i want to go to my death chamber hating myself yeah like i want to eat that much
2: i want to go i didn't realize i could eat that much
0: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so his final statement was directed at his step siblings um and he said all the people that are hating me right now and are here waiting to see me die. When you wake up in the morning, you're not going to feel any different. You're going to hate me just as much tomorrow as tonight. When you wake up and nothing has changed inside, reach out to God and he will be there for you. Reach out to God and he will heal you. Let him touch your hearts. Don't hate all your lives. I love you. All. His uh, steps of wings addressed the statement and they thought it was kind of... Um, presumptuous of him to like assume that he knew how they felt because i guess that they were not in close contact with him or anything and kind of they thought it was um interesting that he kind of made it all about him instead of like saying i'm sorry for what i did yeah or anything like that it's just like hate me yeah it's all about how they are wrong and all of that so this leads us into the purple church yes yeah So um, I heard about this in high school, but it wasn't until recently that I really started looking into it. And I found that it is claimed to be linked to Sean Sellers. It's supposedly um, where he conducted his rituals and where he experienced the satanic cult that he was part of, um, which I do not believe to be true. But it's still fun. Like, it's still a fun urban legend. Um, So supposedly... There okay, there is actually an underground structure that features satanic writings all over the walls, um, pentagrams, the like. I think there's a, you can look it up and see pictures of it. And um they have since caved it in, or supposedly they say they've caved it in to keep people from going out there because it's on private property and the people who oh, okay. own the property are super tired of people like coming and trespassing. You can still drive by it, like you can see the gate and stuff like that, but um, Anyway, it's located in Spencer, which is north of Midwest City at the place where Douglas becomes 63rd. The road is covered by a canopy of trees that make it a spooky drive late at night, and kids have been going out legend tripping there for years. So do you know what legend tripping is?
2: No, but it sounds fun.
0: Yes, it's so fun. (laughs) Okay, so legend tripping, according to Wikipedia, is a name bestowed by folklorists and anthropologists on an adolescent practice containing elements of a rite of passage, in which a usually furtive nocturnal pilgrimage is made to a site which is alleged to have been the scene of some tragic, horrific, and possibly supernatural event or haunting. The practice has been documented thoroughly to date in the United States. So, Interesting. when you were in high school, did you ever do any kind of legend tripping? I don't think so. Right off the top of my head. Do you remember hearing about, like, the Kitchen Lake Witch? No. You didn't hear all that. How am I the only person that like heard about that? Sure, you're not the only at more high school. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so um, apparently there's well, it's not apparently this is actually true. There is a like a house structure that um has since crumbled everything but the fireplace um out by Kitchen Lake, which do you know where that is off of oh. Sooner and Twelfth?
2: Sooner and Twelfth, like like 119th. And that's there's a lake.
0: Yeah, there's a little lake. Like a little, people go fishing there, stuff like oh, that. I
2: probably know of it or have seen it, but I okay. didn't realize it had a name.
0: Okay. Kitchen Lake. Um, and supposedly like out at that house, which is like down the road, I've been there. Like we did do some legend tripping when I was in high school and um, all this stuff. It, it's, it was a crazy story, but, um, but yeah. So we never went to the purple church probably because of the area of town that it was in. We just didn't hear about it. Um. Which I think is one of the interesting things about these type of legends is, like, there's something like this everywhere. Yeah. Like, it's such a, it's such a cool phenomenon to me. Like, it's so, it's so much fun. Um, So, let's see. Some of the elements of the purple church legend are visitor- visitors being touched or scratched, strange noises, and paranormal activity. Um, dead animals along the path to the church satanic graffiti lining the walls of the church and a crazy hillbilly chasing people away with a gun or people in robes chasing them away Um, so there's actually in this documentary there is a clip that is um, some people out on the land at night and they're looking around and you actually hear the person that comes and chases them away so we're going to listen to you it. play it. it? Yeah, we're going to oh. play it. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh,
2: whatever they could get, that's what they were out to get.
1: It. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I told y'all he was carrying one. are y'all already done? Yeah, there's like nothing down there. They
2: took food. Shut off the lights! Oh, shit.
0: Do y'all know this person?
2: Uh, There is a gentleman, the Purple Church, sat on some land. Um, It's my understanding that there's a gentleman out there, or used to be out there, I don't know if he still is, that if you would cross that land or go to the Purple Church, that some said he was possessed, some said he wasn't, but he would chase you with axes, machetes, pitchforks, uh, knives, whatever he could get a hold of to chase you with. Um,
0: So, yeah. That's a thing that happens out there. Wow. Um, and the other thing is that people hear dogs barking. So, um Well
2: it could be dogs out there, right?
0: Oh yeah. There are definitely dogs out there. Um, so about a month ago, Johnetta and I decided that we were gonna do some legend tripping to thirty plus year old women. <laughs> Are gonna go do this did you go to the, the we went to the oh, purple church yes um we did not trespass because it is private property people and you can be prosecuted for trespassing if not shot and but when we got out there okay so it is super spooky i can totally see how people would go out there in the middle of the night and like want to explore and like all this stuff um but when we got to the gate i killed the engine of the car and she was getting pictures of the gate and dogs started barking and they sounded like they were being, like, released and let down the road. Like they were getting closer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, there are some, I think that's one of the things about this that's so fascinating is, like, there are some elements of these legends that are true. Yeah. And that's what makes it, like, this thing that we become, I don't know, it's just. It, it's,
2: it's like part of you wants it to be true. Yeah. You're like, oh.
0: Fun. how fun would that be if that's true so that same night um, we decided to go to kitchen lake and um kitchen lake has since um like they've closed it off where you can't drive down to where the witch's house is supposedly at you have you have to like jump the fence and walk so we were like okay we're not doing that it's the middle of the night like uh we're Come on. we're not we're not crazy so <laughs> I turned my car on air Depot And I'm going down that dirt road that's between like 134th and 119th and we're like blasting music, just like having a good time. And then I look up ahead and I see a flashlight, like a person with a flashlight. And um, I realize they're not by themselves and they're actually like, there's their car and another car parked directly beside it. So like. My mind immediately thinks we have just stumbled onto a drug deal and we're going to die. <laughs> yeah. And this is a dark dirt yes, road. Dark dirt road Ooh, out yes. Out east of Moore. Yeah. So um I'm like, this is this is it. So I like pull the car up and I'm still a little bit a ways away from them, but I just stop and I have her turn off the radio and we're like talking to each other, going, What are they doing? Like is this a drug deal? Like, do I need to like slam it in reverse and like go back up this road? Then all of a sudden this group of kids comes pouring out of the woods. All of them have flashlights and the one who had his car that was blocking the road gets in his car and moves it real fast and like lets us pass by. It was a group of kids that were legend tripping looking for the crybaby bridge. (laughs) <laughs> which was such an awesome way for that story to end because it made me so happy that kids are still doing this. Yeah. It like, it just makes me happy.
2: It's funny. Cause it starts so creepy and then yeah. you're like, Oh, look at all these kids. I know. I'm like exploring.
0: Oh, you're just warming my heart. You guys trespassing out here. Like it just, yeah, it, it, so it was, it was a really, really, um, exciting eventful night for us that night was Did
2: you get out and join them
0: no no we did not um we did not i should have stopped and talked to them but i was like just glad that they were not doing a drug deal and that we weren't gonna die so i just like drove on by the relief and i think they were relieved that we weren't cops so yeah like i think there was a mutual relief going on you could have yelled at them yeah i could have been kids yeah (laughs) what are y'all doing out here (laughs) drop those lights I guess I guess I am at that age where, like, you're uh, old
2: enough where you can say I can say that to it. You darn
0: kids! Yeah, get off my lawn. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that kind of thing. Okay, (laughs) you're
2: allowed to say it.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So you never did anything like that when Mm. we were in high school.
2: I don't think so.
0: Do you remember hearing any stories about like? The crybaby bridge or um, anything like that throughout like elementary school, junior high, high school? Nothing that stuck with me. You just didn't have creepy friends like me.
2: I guess not. I mean the, the creepiest thing the the thing that stuck with me that's not even a, a true story is uh Zeke the Plumber. Do you remember Zeke the Plumber? No. Oh god, I love Zeke the Plumber. He, okay, so have you watched uh what was the show? Uh Salute.
0: yes yes
2: that was on one of the episodes okay that that was one of the camp legends that there's this this janitor that (laughs) was i guess he died but then he would he would just be like the kid woke up and he was in the cabin like plunging the toilet yeah and then he's wearing so the actor's wearing like a mask it's like a rubber mask and then he has a bandage over his nose and he's wearing this hat and it's just the creepiest thing it's not even his face he's wearing like a a Flesh toned mask, and he's like, Hey, kids, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and then he he plunges your face like, that's the, the scary part about it. Yeah. I guess he maybe he's like plunging the dreams out of you. I don't know, but oh my it god, it scared me amazing. so much when I was a kid, and I never never forgot. Oh that.
0: my gosh, that's amazing. And if that's you look amazing. up
2: Zeke the Plumber on YouTube, it's
0: still you can see it. Yeah, okay, okay, I will definitely do that, but yeah. I think that's just about everything that I've got for you guys on the Sean Sellers case. So, um, Jay, do you want to plug your podcast again? Your Instagram? Anything? Yeah, like sure.
2: That? Uh, at miscellaneous important stuff on Instagram and, uh, miscellaneous important stuff is on all the, the yeah, podcast it's everywhere. platforms. Yeah.
0: Everywhere. Podcasts are available.
2: Marnie is on two episodes. Yes. So
0: go check it out. Yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. You can hear me get real about my mental health. Yeah, so that's a good episode. That is a good episode. I think it's just called mental health. Yeah. Or something. I think that's the name of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the only thing that I've got to say is there's a Facebook group now. So join the Facebook group. It's super fun. Um we're kind of trying to get some stuff going with that. And follow us on Instagram at Erioki. Facebook is the same. And if you have something that you are just dying to tell me, Um, send me a message or send me an email at IriokiPodcast at gmail.com and I will definitely get back to you. So that's it. Bye. Bye.